And we are back. Week one of the NFL. Well, it hasn't concluded. It concludes tonight. But the first Sunday with NFL just passed us yesterday. And I would like to add that it was kind of lackluster for me. I'll get more in depth in that. But hello, everyone. It's MSR Sports. I'm your host, Ramon. Joined by Matt today. Only Matt today. Uh, Sam will probably get him in another one. But Matt's here. So what's up, Matt? How are you? I'm good. Um, so, like I said, I thought this was probably one of the weaker week ones in of NFL, like, to start the seasons in terms of the Sunday games. The, the morning games were fine, but the afternoon games that I feel like we were more intrigued and looked excited for, they were kind of lackluster. You had, you had a bunch of blowouts, and then you had the game I thought I didn't really care about uh, was the only one that was good, the, uh, the Giants and the Titans. And then you had, I guess the Chargers Raiders got better towards the end, but also wasn't like this fireworks shootout I expected it to be. Then you had the horde, the field goal festival that was the Sunday football. But yeah, that's, I, I thought one of the weaker first Sundays in, of NFL in terms of the years that have just passed. Yeah, I mean, it, I think there was some games that had their moments. There was some very close games in the one o'clock window. Um, the Titans and Giants was a very close game. Raiders and Chargers, I guess, got a little bit better. But, I mean, the Sunday night game was a snooze fest, in my opinion. It was just bad offense all around. It was good defense, I, I do think, in a certain extent. But offenses were just kind of piss poor all around. And then, you know, I, I also think that it's week one, and I think that this is expected because, you know, teams are trying to find their identity and find chemistry with the receivers and – you know all that kind of all that kind of stuff. And I think this season's going to get much better as the games get better throughout the season. But as of week one wise, like we didn't we didn't have that Cowboys Bucks opening day game last year. Like that was that was a blowout by the Bills, absolute masterclass. And, oh yeah. You know, and it's it's just it, it just wasn't it wasn't as good of a week one as we've had in like past years. But it's also I also believe that. It showed a little bit of potential what the season could be. Um, there's going to be plenty more great games this season, and I'm super excited for the season as well. But week one, in terms of it, I think that it just got off to a slow start, and I think that there's going to be much better throughout the season. Well, we'll start off with the Sunday night game because obviously we all know Dak got hurt, and it's just been confirmed today, just a couple hours ago. He's out six to eight weeks. Yikes. Yeah, that, there goes the Cowboys season. I, I looked at their schedule because uh, let's say he, he does miss. That means he doesn't come back until after the bye week. And I'm looking at it, and I think at best, two to three wins. But those are also games that they could lose because the teams that I think they could beat could play better than we think. Because I think they lose next week to Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, they should. I think so as well. Unless Burrow wants to have five turnovers again. Um. But they get the Giants and the Commanders, which I know the Commanders. I think that that should be a loss, especially if Wentz is playing the way he played. Yeah, I, I think I think the Commanders proved a little bit this uh, week one. I think they can be. I think I think the NFC East now, especially, I think it's incredibly wide open with Dak going down. Yeah. Injury because I viewed the Cowboys as like top dogs, and now I think it's I think it can be between. I think Philly might do it now, but I do believe that it, if the Commanders do have a chance, if everything. You know, if everything goes 
the way that like I mean if Wentz plays like he did, and I mean honestly, if the defense kind of steps it up, right? Like the defense yeah. was okay, they they held, but Trevor Lawrence was getting down the field pretty easily, and you know the, that defense really needs to step it up. But if if I think they can figure it out, if Chase Young comes back at a certain point, I think this defense is going to be just fine. They've shown potential in the past. Um, I think the Commanders are going to be well within this, and even the Giants. Like I don't think they're going to be. Yeah, I, I, I think the Giants could beat Dallas, especially if they play the way no, they did I, yesterday. I, I, oh, I do too, because we saw we saw yesterday that Saquon Barkley had an absolute tear. He went on an absolute tear, and I've been saying it for years. Give this guy a decent offensive line. Give this guy a chance to run the football without getting hit as he's getting the football handed to him and protect him. And he is going to reap you benefits. And look what he did yesterday against the Tennessee Titans. See, I think he single-handedly on offense beat that team. Yeah. Definitely the better running back in the field in that game. Um, Oh, absolutely. Then they get Philly, which they should lose because they'll be in Philly. I don't think – I know the Rams were horrendous, but they won't beat the Rams. It'll be week five. The Rams should be better. Then they get – Detroit, that one is, it depends, because sometimes we get good Detroit and sometimes we get bad Detroit. It depends what Detroit shows up that day. Yeah. And then I think they have another divisional game. Oh, no, no, they have the Bears. They have the Bears. I was looking at the schedule, too. But even even still, even if those those games are winnable, right, they still play, the the majority of their schedule in that window is their hard games, right? Yeah, when Dak returns. Dak comes back. There's still some decent games that there still needs to be played. Like he's, they still yeah. have to play the Eagles again. I'm pretty sure they still. Have yeah, they're the Packers. They still have to Minnesota. They're going to play the Colts. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not a promising schedule for the Cowboys, especially when their quarterback goes down. I think this division's wide open now. Um, yeah, it's it sucks for Cowboys fans, but you know, and hopefully Dak does get better. But as as a non-Cowboys fan. You know, you know the saying, right? When America, I mean, America when wins. Dallas loses. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I hope Dak gets better soon, but you know, then, I can't, I can't, I don't feel bad for you Cowboys fans that are, you know, I don't feel bad for Cowboys fans. I feel bad for Dak. Don't feel bad for Cowboys fans. And we had uh, uh, Tom team didn't look that strong defensively, sure, but offensively. Outside of a couple places of Julio, well, you know what? They didn't move the ball down the field. Their red zone offense was pretty terrible, though. Yeah. Having to settle for field goals a lot, and, and the old line was pretty worse. Yeah, that's that's the that's the big culprit is the offensive line, especially in the especially on his blind side. Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs, I thought were pretty good the entire game, but Micah Parsons had his way against Donovan Smith on that left side. And yep. if they want any, like, hopefully they figure that out. Hopefully they get that, you know, that left side. Because that's the side that's, that's the most, not only crucial. injured, but, like, it is crucial as well. It's, it is the most crucial. But now, like, Brian Jensen being out, one of his trusted offensive linemen, Marpet retiring. And I think Donovan Smith even got injured that game. So Yeah, he did. Now you're missing that entire left side of the line. And that can be really, really bad. And I know Brady is good at, Sensing pressure and stepping up in the pocket to make a throw, but 
you know, and, and I think that it will get better because I don't think there's many pass rushers like Micah Parsons that are going to be able to do that to them on a consistent basis. But I do believe that, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure out that left side of the line because that is the most crucial side of the offensive line. And yeah. we're just, I, I still think the Buccaneers are going to be a good team. I'm not saying that they won't be, but they've got to figure out that left side of the line fast. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep it with the NFC South, and we'll talk about Michael Thomas. His first game back in a long time, and first year he wasn't on the score sheet at first until that second, last quarter where he took over. And, of course, it, it wouldn't be the NFL without the Falcons blowing a lead. <laughs> it's just tradition at this point. Yep. I mean – Michael Thomas, I mean, he he had two great touchdown drives. I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm not even though I'm not the biggest fan of his game. I know it can be tough going through all these injuries over the last couple of years and just being able to get back on the field and scoring a couple of touchdowns to help your team win the game. Congratulations, like that that's huge. And as for Atlanta, I mean, yes, they they choked the lead, right? But at the end of the day, I think Atlanta played pretty well. I, I really do. I, I, I defensively, they looked pretty good in the first half. And even in the third quarter, they didn't look bad. It was the fourth quarter that their offense started to stall out, which is which is expected. But you know, like Cordero Patterson had a great game. Mariota had a decent yeah. game rushing wise. I mean, I'd like to see them try to get Kyle Pitts more involved, not just because he's on my fantasy team, but because he's probably their best player on the t- on that offensive side of the ball. Not probably is the best player on that side, and. Every time I don't like seeing him blocking, and I know that I know that that's a tight end job, but at the end of the day, when you have a weapon like that with really not much else around him in terms of like talent on the receiving end, or you know, a quarterback that can really swing the ball in the tight windows, like you need a guy that can get you space and create separation and get open, and Kyle Pitts is that, and. I mean, I, I really think that you should be getting Kyle Pitts more involved in the offense because I think it's I think it's going to be crucial. I think he can win you some games if you get him more involved. Yeah. As for New Orleans, I think Jameis Lynch, Winston looked really good in the second half anyway. I thought he looked really good. Um, led, some, led three huge drives because he led the two Thomas touchdown drives. And then when they failed the two-point conversion, the defense stepped up, and then he led the field goal drive. So Jameis Winston all in all looked Pretty good in the second half. First half, he got off to a slow start, but so did most quarterbacks in the NFL yesterday. So, um, Saints, I don't think you got anything to be concerned about. Um, you know, I think you guys showed out in the second half, and I think it's going to continue for you. I think you guys are going to be just fine. I do want to add, now we can finally put to bed all the people that would say that there are some people I know that blame the Falcons choking on Matt Ryan. No, it's not Matt Ryan's fault. It's the, it's the Falcons. His first game that he doesn't play for them and they end up doing that, it's just the Falcons. And speaking of Matt Ryan, oh, go ahead. I mean, it, it, in a way, like, it, it, it's not Matt Ryan. It's not all Matt Ryan's fault. It, I know it's poor management on one half, but at the other, at the end of the day, he does have a, he does have a, you know, as sort of like he doesn't have a percentage at fault. It might not be the highest, but you know, at the end of the day, he's the one playing in the field. And I know the play calling may be bad, but he didn't really make the throws when it counted and all that kind of shit. Like I, I do respect Matt Ryan. I think he's great, but at the end of the day, he does need to take some blame for their losses. And Mariota's got to take some blame, and so does that entire offense. So, you know, it's just, it's just they, they have to call better games. 
that's just how it is. You need to milk the clock. That's that's how you close out games. And especially yeah. when you have when you have a rush quarterback, a rushing quarterback like Mariota, you should you should be you shouldn't be hesitant to run the ball down the field. That's kind of that's where I stand on that. So yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of Matt Ryan, uh, his debut didn't go as planned. They didn't lose, but they didn't win necessarily. But I just, I don't think we got enough out of it. Yeah, that's why I said they didn't win, they didn't lose, they tied. But I didn't get that enough. And I mean, to be honest, he, he looked worse than Wentz did in the Colts. I know it was just one game, but not to start. I don't even think, no, he didn't throw many picks, but he fumbled a lot, right? Then he had like three fumbles. I do not know. He had like three fumbles and one pick, but again, wasn't talked about because he's not Carson Wentz. But um, I, I know it's the Texans, I know it's divisional, but there's no way you should be losing that a tie in that game. Uh, I, uh, it's a disappointing start for the Colts. Like, this team is really good to be losing games to the Texans. I know it's game, but still. Tying games to the Texans. I, I just I was pretty disappointed with the performance by the Colts. I, I was incredibly disappointed, but I will say, to Matt Ryan and the Colts offense's credit, and even the Colts team as a whole, I mean, they were down 20-3, to and in the fourth quarter they did mount a comeback. They did mount three good drives in a row. That, that I think, is admirable especially in terms of, like, overcoming adversity. But it wasn't even just Matt Ryan on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Alec Pierce dropped a wide-open touchdown. Um, there, like, there, there were mistakes made that weren't Matt Ryan necessarily, but at the end of the day, Matt Ryan wasn't great. Um, I thought on the other side of the ball for the Texans, I thought the other side, I thought that they actually I, – I don't – I think they played pretty well. Um I think a tie is pretty much what you could ask for at this stage of the game, especially because, you know, we also think it shit on, you know, we thought that this is going to be a rough year for them. This is going to be a tough week one. And they, 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 they showed out. Like they didn't, they didn't play, you know, necessarily like lights out. Like they didn't make you say, Oh, they're super contenders, but Davis Mills made some throws. He wasn't, he wasn't elite by any means, but he made some throws. Singley made some plays. I mean, Maybe I, I don't. I still don't think they're going to be good, but I think it's. I think it's good progress for a team like the Texans, and good, like a good look into maybe like okay, we might not be good this year, right? But we 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 could win a few games that you know we might take a few games that we didn't think we'd take before. And yeah, I feel like on a team like like a losing team like that, it's like it like seeing games, seeing you take games against better teams. Is po- as a positive. I think that you love to see like them play spoiler and you know come out on top when all odds are against them. So I mean, like yeah. the Colts, I was I was pretty disappointed with, but in terms of Houston, I I was actually impressed. I thought that they played as well as they could. Yeah, and we got a. We'll go with the uh, the Colts' former quarterback. We'll go with Wentz now. He, I want to apologize. I did not think the I know it's week one, but. I did not think Washington had a shot in this division. I mean, this is not because Dak is hurt. Even if Dak would have been healthy still, I did not think they had a shot at even competing for at least second in that division. I thought they, they were third, maybe even fourth. Nope, I undervalue the, the commanders. I think that's great that because that wasn't just me. A lot of people did, uh, what's it called, uh, undervalue them. I think that was the best thing to happen to the commanders. There was no hype or talk around them. 
They are coming out here as a sneaky team that no, with no hype around them at all. They're just going. They're ex- everyone's expecting them to be bad, and so they're just there to do their thing. And they looked really good. The this is probably by far the best weapons he's ever had. Even better than what he had when had in Philly. Yeah, skill position. Yeah, like like Jahan Dotson. I, I I've been high on him. He was in my top five of rookie receivers coming into the draft. He was incredible. I've always been a Terry guy. I said if he gets given, if he's given a better quarterback, you could he could be a top five receiver in this league. I don't know if he's top five ish, but I, I still think he's top ten. He was great. Yep. Uh, the defense, uh, like Matt had said earlier, they made some plays, but they did allow Sheridan to sometimes go down the field. Now in the end, they did make the play that mattered most when they picked Trevor off in the end. But yeah, the Commanders. That was probably the best I've seen once look in a long time. Way better than his whole stint in Indy. And probably what like I said, probably the best since whatever was his last best game in Philly. But he he looked great. I know he had the two picks and all, but he still had the he made some although one pick I'm not gonna fault him for. That Trayvon Walker, that's just a that's a hell of a play from a talented player. Like you can't fault Wentz for that. That's just a great play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, Wentz was great and if I'm, a, if I'm a Commanders fan, I'd I'd be a little more positive this se- heading into season with belief that you guys can go pretty far this season. Not suitable far, but possibly a postseason, uh, maybe a round one win in the playoffs. But yeah, Wentz looked great, and I was wrong on the Commanders. And I'm actually glad because I'm a Wentz guy. I want to see him succeed. Yeah, I, I, I love Carson Wentz as well. I think that he's been undervalued for far too long. I know 2020 was terrible. But I thought 2021, he was pretty decent with, you know, honestly, a pretty lackluster supporting cast of skilled players in the receiving and the tight end core. I know Jonathan Taylor is great, but, you know, it, the receivers aside of Michael Pittman, are, there's just nobody else there in tight end. I mean, who do you have? Mo Ali Cox out there. I mean, that's just not a recipe for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. Like, that's not, that's, that's not a recipe for that. And going to Washington where you have – three arguably three receivers that like you like Terry McLaurin is a true number one receiver and I as much as I like Michael Pittman he's not really that and then I really like I, I even Curtis Samuel played very well in that game you know he was a trusted target for Wentz and Jahan Dotson he made two huge grabs two touchdown grabs I really like the upside of the speedster in Washington that being said on the Jacksonville side of things they missed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and they're not all on the fault of trevor lawrence right but the Mm -hmm. first i'm looking at the first play of the drive trevor lawrence has a wide open travis Etienne on the sideline for a touchdown completely sails him it was completely over his head he had no chance of catching it and then we're going to return the favor because then they went for him a fourth and goal and Trevor Lawrence checks it down to Travis Etienne, and he just completely dropped it. That would have been a touchdown. Then there was another play in the red zone where Trevor Lawrence, for some reason, somewhat for some reason, decided it would be a good idea to give Christian oh. Kirk a fastball when it was when they were at the seven yard line or whatever. Gives him a fastball when he's wide open in the middle of the field. No one's even there, and he couldn't catch it because he didn't have the time, the reaction time. You might think it's on Kirk, but no. Trevor Lawrence needs to put a little bit more off that ball. And then I think one of the worst mistakes of the entire game 
Who was that last one? <laughs> With that last pick, he is going down to the ground and decided to throw the ball down the field for whatever reason, and it was an easy pick for Derek Forrest. I mean, like, I, I, I do believe in the talent with Trevor Lawrence. I do. But you've got – but it's that he hasn't put it all together yet. you got to put that together if you want your team to win games. You can't be making mistakes like that. So many crucial mistakes in the red zone. They've got to clean that up. And, I, and honestly, if they clean that up, I think they can be pretty solid. But it's a matter of will they clean that up. They've got work to do. They've got they've they're hosting Indy next week, I believe. So we all know that they <laughs> they don't lose in Jacksonville. So yeah. that could be a win for them. So you, you know it's there's there's plenty of time. It's week one, but Trevor Lawrence needs to clean up his mistakes. I do want to add to that last pick, although it was still a bad decision to make. I saw it more as a uh, a just a pissed off throw. Remember sometimes when, when our receivers wouldn't catch stuff, and then Tom would just. Just toss one up there, like sell our receivers to the safeties and never get picked, like out of just frustration that no one would get open. I'm not blaming this on the Jaguars for not getting open. I think Trevor, and prior to that pick, he was just under pressure a lot. It felt like Trevor saying, "Like, stop putting me like under pressure, and I'm just gonna be throwing you." I I feel like it was just a because there was nobody he could have just thrown that ball out of bounds. It would have been intentional grounding. It would have been. You still had like what two more shots at the first down or one. Yeah, there was, he, was not he, down. He didn't. Uh, he he's out of frustration that he had to roll out of the pocket so many times on that last drive and most of the game. And I think it sucks because they spent a lot of money for that. Well, for part of the old line and still. I I agree, but at the end of the day, if you if the, when the game is on the line, you can't you got to keep your composure and you can't be frustrated in order to throw that ball deep, especially when you're only down by six points. You got to understand the situation. And that was, I mean, if, if it was a frustration throw, I mean, that, I, I still feel like that's inexcusable, though, regardless of what happened. Like, like especially in a two-minute throw, this is, this is to win or lose the game, and you chucked it down the field. I mean, that's got to that's be fixed, and you gotta, you got you to gotta take accountability for that. Yeah. Well, now we'll go on and move to the best quarterback from the 2021 class, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, after watching that game, I, I, look, I like Mac, and I was a fan of Mac. I didn't mind that we had gone to Mac, because I'd much rather Mac than Cam Newton, but I remember draft day, when Fields was still on the board, I kept telling Bill, move up, move, yeah, move up, move up. And the fact that Jerry Jones even called Bill and said, I don't want to deal with the Eagles. I can give you the 10th pick. Just give me an offer. And Bill said, I'm fine staying put. I'm not going to say it was pretty for Justin Fields. I do think he still has a lot of work to do. But if he gets it together, he could quite frankly be the best quarterback from this class. And yesterday he was, he played like he was the best because he had probably the best game out of all the quarterbacks. And to be doing it in the weather and the condition that he did was pretty impressive, not to mention with the worst coaching support, or with the worst team as well, to go out there. And this, this I've heard the saying when I had a lot of sports analysts talk about it, and I agree with it. You, you really can tell a lot about the player and the quarterback you are when you're down. Not when you're when you're leading and you're, oh, it's, it's all going good. How do you react when you are down? He was down 10-0. Again, with the, worst, with the worst team, the worst coaches in that monsoon, and he came back, 
He put this team on his back. He brought them back in there. He he made more of the plays, unlike Trey Lance, who was supposed to have the, be the better talent, the better arms. But he made the better plays when it mattered the most. And then Trey Lance, you had it perfect. You were up 10-0. You go down 19-10, and you had the chance to now do what Fields did, and you didn't deliver. And I know you can blame part of the rain, but also you have to consider Fields was going through the same weather just like you with the worst team. Do you need to get better at this? Because um, if this was any other team, they probably would just give you the shot still. Like if this was, if this isn't Josh Allen and Buffalo where the Bills can afford to lose games at the moment. The 49ers see themselves as contenders, and they will not hesitate to put in Jimmy G if you're going to be playing like this. Yeah. And against the inferior, like the worst teams. Like I, I, it's understandable when you play like this against a great team. I think they wouldn't be so hard on you. This is the Chicago Bears, like the projected worst team. The team is supposed to have the number one pick in next year's draft. You, and you went out there and blew a 10-0 lead with that team around you. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I'm, and I'm going to give that takeaway from the Bears first, is that Fields was awful in the first half. Like, there's no denying how bad he was in the first half. But in the second half, he made he made two big throws, two big touchdown grabs. And I, I thought the first throw, especially when I think it was a Dante Pettis. Was it Pettis? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was Pettis. That was, a, that was a sick throw. I mean, yeah. and then the Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, that was also a sick throw in the elements. I mean, come on now. But I still think Fields has a long way to go as well when it comes to that. And I know that the conditions definitely hinder his ability to play but you're playing in Chicago and you you're gonna have to you're gonna have to overcome those conditions more than you think right because like they're gonna obviously they're gonna have to do with cold weather they're gonna have to do with snow they're gonna have to do with rain like there's there's a lot of that there and that's the same thing with all these teams that play up here without a dome but I mean for at least week one against a pretty good 49ers defense I'd say I was pretty impressed with the way that he was able to respond to a deficit in the elements, even though it was only a 10 nothing deficit. It was in the elements against a better team, and he was still able to make the throws when it met. As for Trey Lance, you've got to go. Like, that, that, that is, that, that's the truth. There's going to be, like, yes, I mean, the rain definitely hindered the ability, but at the end of the day, you've got to be better. You've got to find Debo more. You've got to let Debo create havoc in space. And I'm just this is he didn't have George Kittle. Let's just put that out there right now. He didn't have. Kittle. But he had Ayuk and Debo. I'm just I'm just saying. He's I'm saying that he has to get better. But I am saying that there was a piece missing. But Ross Dwelly was open on a, t- a wide open touchdown, and you oversailed him. You overshot him. That's that's a mistake you can't afford to make. And then, um. I mean, Trey Lance, I mean, I, I still believe in the upside with Trey Lance. I believe that it's going to take him a little bit longer. I think it's going to take him a while to, you know, if, you know, I think it's going to take him a while to, like, get to that upside. But if you're – but the problem is, is especially with the Niners, is that can you wait for this guy to reach his upside? No, because you're not a rebuilding team. Exactly. Can you you can't you can't wait for this guy to reach for his upside. He has to perform right away. And you better hope that by the time next week comes around or week three comes around, you see significant improvements in his game. And I think it's possible because they're gonna be playing in San Francisco or Santa Clara is where they play, but um 
I, there's got to be improvement there. You got to give Debo the ball more, especially when Elijah Mitchell went down with an injury. I was surprised they gave Jeff Wilson the ball as much as they did. Um, Debo was hardly involved. Ayuk was hardly involved. You've got to make things simple on your quarterback, and I think and you have the perfect amount of weapons and opportunity to make things as simple as you can make them, and the play calling's got to be better. Simple as that as well. Lance has to be better. Play calling has to be better. They have to be better as a team. That's all I'm going to say with the 49ers. Uh, um, let's go to uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, his wide receivers. Um, I, I, I'm looking like I, I'm not still I'm not um giving up on Rodgers again. They started they were bad in week one last year, and he still went on to win the MVP. But I will say, if Christian Watson's going to continue playing like that, he's going to make my offensive rookie of the year pick look so stupid. First play of the game. He gets as open as you can be. Like not I wish our the offense, not the not the first play. Yeah, yeah. I meant their first play as offense. Yeah. Um, he gets as open as you can get. I wish our our receivers could have gotten that open. Yeah. And Rogers puts that on the absolute money. That's a touchdown, and he dropped that right through his hands. And you could tell as soon as he dropped that, Rogers was going into his. I'm not going to throw this ball at all, no more. Like, at least a lot. Because Rodgers does that. Whenever Rodgers gets upset and, like, a pass is dropped, he'll just stop throwing and he'll probably throw it away or he'll run the ball. Or when he had Devontae Adams, he'll just force-feed Devontae Adams even if he's not open. This time he didn't have Devontae Adams to just force-feed him. So, I don't know. I I noticed it, but Green Bay ran the ball a lot with both of their running backs. They just ran and ran and ran. They rarely tried to throw that football. And when they did throw, it was terrible. And I do want to say, like Roger says, R-E-L-A-X, like, relax, we'll be fine. This one could maybe not get fixed because, again, this isn't like last year where, like, oh, well, at least you still had Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah you, you put up a dud week one, it's whatever. Like, your guys need – as I heard saying with Lance work, Lance is in a situation where he needs to be performing now. These receivers are in a situation where they need to be performing now. You're not in Jacksonville where it's okay to be bad. Because they're rebuilding, Rogers and the they're paying Rogers fifty million to be competing for a Super Bowl. You've got to be performing like you're ready to get there. Yeah, but yeah, and, you know, uh, yes, I agree. I think that the Packers were terrible on offense, especially. I think the running game actually worked pretty well with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I thought that was a good yeah. one-two punch. That works, right? But yeah. there's there, I mean, and also with the Green Bay Packers, worth noting, they were missing both of their. Uh, their tackles in this game. They're, they're missing both of those tackles for the offensive yeah. line. So Aaron Rodgers was constantly under pressure by Zarius Smith, especially. He had a nice little revenge game there. Um, yeah. And I think that with the Packers, I think it will get better. I think that Watson and Ro- especially Romeo Dubs too, I think they're going to get better as the season goes on. And they were also missing Alan Lazard, which is as unfortunate That's as true. I'm saying it. Is <laughs> number one receiver right now. I mean, yeah. and then Sammy Watkins is there. Like he, he has never thrown to these guys before, especially without playing in the regular season. Like there, there was timing issues. Um, the more he plays them, the better they're going to be, and the better he's going to be. And Christian Watson, I mean, you can't let that go through your hands. You, I, I was, I was so mad because I have you on my fantasy bench. I hope you're going to pan out as like a late waiver, like a wait, like flyer in the draft. And you just let that one go right through your hands. I know you got a rush later on. You got a few catches, which is good. It's a good sign. But 
you can't you can't squander opportunities like that in any NFL game. It's a it's a it's a momentum shifter, and I think uh, that's what happened. And once that happened, yeah. they got everyone got pissed off, and then the Vikings kind of ran away with it. Justin Jefferson, holy fuck, he's a beast. Um, absolutely torching the Packers secondary. I was wondering how fucking open he could get. It was like the corner was on one side of the field, and Justin Jefferson was like on a post route on the other side of the field. It was like, how do you get that open? Where is the corners? What is going on in that secondary that you are letting this man get that wide open? And Dalvin Cook, I think, had a pretty solid game as well. Not that he didn't have the game Justin Jefferson had, but he was a solid runner in that game. Um, you know, it was pretty much just the Kirk and Justin Jefferson show on offense. And you yeah. know, with the contributions of Dalvin Cook. Um, but if the Vikings offense continues to play like that and the defense is able to capitalize on that and feed off them, especially with Zadarius Smith, the Vikings should be really good. I think. Yeah, I, I may have undervalued that defense. I, I didn't really think they did any help to the secondary, which I still don't think they did that much. But And although it could also be the fact that Green Bay had no weapons to attack them, but that pass rush I did know was going to be good. And if Daniel Hunter can stay healthy, they're going to be really great. And um, Kevin O'Connell, I predict it would be the best thing to happen to to uh, Justin Jefferson as he's my offensive player of the year pick. Um, yeah, I think he's... He, he got him into situations where it would be easy for him to create separation and make easy yeah. grabs. Like, I, I remember he would shift him on to have... It was a Justin Jefferson versus fucking Preston Smith coverage. I would keep oh, yeah, so that's... I wonder who's going to win that one. Like, I mean, like, yeah. that was a great job by O'Connell to get Jefferson in those situations to succeed. And, yeah, the, yeah I, mean, I don't know what – like, I think that they're going to be good on offense. The defense is – even though they played well, I think it is still a question because, like you said, the weapons aren't – they weren't great week one versus Green Bay. And they still do have to play a few good teams with weapons. I know they have, you know, our division where they're oh, ne- ne- and then there's stuff ne- like the next next Monday they get AJ Brown. Yeah, and Devontae Smith. I think there's going to be some tellers in those games, and that's where we can really see how good this team is. Because it is week one. I mean, like teams are still trying to adapt to their new environments, and you know, still trying to find themselves. But you know. I really like what I saw from Minnesota, so I'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, this one, we can just go a bit, uh, just really quick. Um, I predicted this game would be a blowout, and it was. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs smoked the Arizona Cardinals. And, I, and the game looked closer than it was. Like I said, it was. I think it could look close because Kyler would probably get some garbage time touchdowns, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. But, yeah, anybody thinking – Anybody thinking that Mahomes was going to slow down by Tyreek Hill, you were wrong. Very wrong. They look better than ever. And they look like Josh Allen on Thursday where it was literally score after score after score. And theirs was more because Josh Allen threw turnovers and hit, at least in the first half. Mahomes was like score, score, score. It wasn't until like what, their fourth or fifth offensive drive where they punted the ball? No, Juju and Juju also fumbled one. Oh, yeah. But it was like score, score, score with them, and they already could have dropped more. I, they just decided not to show mercy. Like they, they could. I think they could have had almost sixty to seventy points that they won. They keep going. Yeah, and I know we're gonna. We're, I don't. I want to talk about the offense for the Chiefs being 
obviously great, but I mean, I don't think I need to because I think it's pretty self-explanatory just how great Patrick Mahomes was. Travis Kelsey doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Um, Juju looks actually really good in KC. Surprise, surprise. Um, Clyde? Clyde even got some touch, uh, some little shovel touchdowns. I mean... Pacheco? Uh, yeah, Pacheco too. He got a touchdown, but still, like, this is this team is rolling. And I, I like we could easily just glance how good the offense was, but can we can we just complete can we can we go to the defensive side of the ball and see how good yeah. that was? Because Chris Jones made a lot of plays. Um their secondary I thought was pretty good. They had Hollywood had some plays, but it wasn't it wasn't like the, the master class that you would think. Yep. Um, Kyler looked under pressure the entire game. Con- consistent pressure from that front seven, uh, good coverage all around. Kyler got some garbage time scores. Um, that I think it was just com- a completely dominant game by the Chiefs, and I'm very happy with my pick of who's going to win the AFC West, especially with them going to home next week against the Chargers when Keenan Allen isn't even guaranteed to be healthy. So watch out for the Chiefs. They're, they're still here. They're still better. Tyreek Hill was only Tyreek Hill was a sacrifice they had to make because they knew what the talent of Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah. So, they, they, this, this the Chiefs are still better than ever, and I never had doubt in my mind. And I'm happy that I never did. Yeah, and now we'll jump out to the. I had the, the team already in mind. The game. Oh, another game that I was correct in in predicting how it would go. The Cleveland Browns. Did not allow Baker to get his revenge. Now, I will admit, they could have easily lost that game. But I was right. Baker was going to unravel. And he did in the first half. He was not great. Like, that pick, you you can't even blame it on, like, oh. like no, you could sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you could be like, oh, uh, miscommunication. Or if they were right or wrong, route. like, that was just, I don't know what he was seeing there. I also said that he would have three turnovers. I said two picks and a, and a fumble. It was the other way around. Two fumbles and one pick. Mm-hmm. And then the second half happened, and, and I know a lot of people want to say, oh, well, there's something with Baker involved. It's like, Skip, where he's like, Baker, he came back. He was phenomenal in the fourth quarter. No, he did not. First of all, when they came back, it wasn't like he was carving up his defense. The two touchdowns came off blown plays, blown coverage by the Browns' defense. And not to mention the only reason – Baker even had a chance of getting back in this game is because the Cleveland Browns had Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. If Deshaun Watson plays that game, they don't let they don't let this game get close. They they put out a hand. They probably win by twenty plus if Deshaun would have played or any competent quarterback. Jacoby Brissett, look, I like Jacoby, but he almost blew that game. And you honestly, you got bailed out by the fact that that roughing the passer. I think it's debatable on whether it was. I think I've seen worse where. You could get upset about it being called that. So I'm not upset that they called it, but you could debate it. And then you had Cade York yeah. absolutely save the day with a 50-some-yard field goal when also, I don't know if it was during the game or before, that he was missing his kicks. He was actually, they were they were floating, going too, too much to an angle. So then what he decided for in this last kick, he kicked to that angle and just hoped that the curve could take it. And that's what happened because when he first kicked it, that ball is going right, left, I believe, or right. Um, I don't know from what his sense is. To the right. Yeah, it's going right, right, and then that thing just curves, and it goes straight in. 
and even hits the net. Like he has a leg on him. It was, it was a slider. Yeah. And on top of that, something you didn't mention was is that amazing, amazing rushing attack that I said that I alluded to last week when we were doing the pickums. I said that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will both have their way, and both of them did. I think Nick Chubb had like 141 rushing yards or some shit like that. And unfortunately for my fantasy team, no touchdowns. But I mean, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb didn't lose a beat. He was still he was still amazing. Um, Kareem Hunt vultured the touchdowns, but Kareem Hunt was still really good too. Amari Cooper didn't really have an impact, but that was to be expected. Well, outside of the uh, outside of that big play, I got him in field goal range. That percent almost blew when yeah, yeah, honestly, I think it should have been called intentional grounding. I thought that was a P, I thought that was a PI. That, that no, no, no. Cooper Cooper catches it like a yard away from the field goal range, and then for um, I, first of all, I don't even know why the call was to spike it. It's starting one. There's still twenty seconds on the clock. You run a play. He spikes the ball to make it four for one, meaning you have to kick the field goal with a rookie kicker, and then he spiked it weird because he does a fake spike and then he throws it down, which apparently all the review, when all the reviews started happening, they're saying yeah, that yeah, yeah, it could have been called intentional grounding, but the refs gave it to them. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, Jacob Brissett obviously is not going to bring you to wins, and I mean, I think Cleveland got fortunate with their first, like, four games of the schedule where they play. I think it was Carolina yesterday, and that was big. The Jets. Now they get the Jets, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Like that is being one. That is that is fortunate to say the least. Like that you could be three and one with Jacoby Brissett as your QB. But not to mention four four and one with probably not. Like I think that you, you guys are still going to be in a tough position when Watson gets back. Um and especially now with Watson needing to adjust to you know, and he needs to adjust to the game still. I mean, there's still so much there. So I'm not too high in your season still. But I do believe that you can get a little bit of positive hope with your two running backs set, um, and your even even your defense. If you can consistently get if you can get them off the field consistently, if you can do what you did to Carolina in those games where in those games like in the middle of the season where you have your tougher opponents, like you got the Chargers, you got who else they play? It's like the Chargers, maybe the Buccaneers at some point. No, the Bills. Bills, yeah, Dolphins, Dolphins, Ravens, Bengals, Saints, Saints. I mean, like the games where you, I mean, the Commanders are later, but like, um, the games where the games where you think that you're gonna get blown out. If your defense is gonna be able to stand pat and hopefully make some stops and make some plays, you know, you might have you might get a win that you don't think you're gonna get. So, I don't, I'm not too high in your season, but. You know, there's still it's not the worst situation to be in if you're a Browns fan, especially when Watson's gonna come back at some point in the season. You can still win some games throughout. So you might you might still you might have it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But good win week one regardless with the two running backs. I think you're gonna be pretty decent to start the season. Let's not forget four and one when they beat us as well, because we suck. Four and two because they played the Chargers before us. Yeah. But, um, but, oh, what, what are your takeaways from Baker in his first game as a uh, Panther? I think it was the typical growing pains, trying to get chemistry with your new receivers. Um, second half, I think that I think I like the adversity that he had and he overcame and played a little bit better. Um, we're going to talk about that. You know, he he led some drives in the field. He ran it in for a touchdown. 
bombed it one to Robbie Anderson by blown coverage for a touchdown and then let him into field goal range to give him the lead. Like, it wasn't a spectacular performance by Baker Mayfield by any means, but he was able to, like you said, it's not when they're up, it's when they're down, right? And when Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. was down, he was able to make some plays to get them back into the game. And he ultimately gave them a chance to win despite being awful in the first half, gave them a chance to win, and they came up short. So we got the uh... – We'll go for uh, when we're talking about two good running backs in Cleveland, or three, because uh, Christian McCaffrey is good. Yeah. To Saquon Barkley being back, it was incredible to see that because I'm a Saquon guy and I, I wanted him Saquon, to be good too. Yeah. And he just single handedly get it. Also, um, I'm also I knew that David would work. I personally was I don't think I appreciated the podcast, but I can't on Twitter I kept pointing that. The Giants should draft a quarterback. I think if they did, they would compete for the division. Now I'm kind of glad they didn't, but then they they win enough games and stuff. But I think if they could get a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with this offense and Brian Dable coaching it, the Giants could be a wild card contender next year. Honestly, like I like the hire of Brian Dable. I thought he was the best coaching hire, and the Giants it's they have players. They just needed the right coach, like. Because we've seen for years where everyone's been disappointed, and it's like it's not the players aren't well. Some of them, like Kenny Galladay, is at fault, and some of Daniel Jones' play, but the players aren't the reason why the Giants were terrible. They just never had the right coaching, and now they have it. And that performance yesterday was impressive. And I'll admit, Daniel Jones, he he had a couple of nice plays. Now there were some where you're like, oh, there's Daniel Jones. Like that pick in the that pick in the end zone was brutal. Like that could have blown the game. That was awful. You got lucky that Tannehill was just freaking garbage as well. I know he threw, what, two touchdowns or one, but Tannehill also, like, Tannehill is no longer the Tannehill of old. But I think it was great that they were able to come back. Great win for Brian Dable. Wish we would have saw more Tooney involved because I'm, I want Tooney to be great, but it was awesome to see the reemergence of Saquon Barkley. He needed this, like, badly. He needed a game like this because he's, he's been getting really disrespected around the league. Due to the fact that he just can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. and on top, like I always do, Saquon had the talent, but it was just a matter of getting him the people that can, you know. Like, I mean, the line is still not amazing by any means. Yeah, some of the runs were just Saquon's talent, but the line still isn't amazing by any means. But it is miles better than it ever has been with Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal's tackles. You have Mark Lewinsky inside. It, it's better. It is. It's it's improving, and that's all you can really ask for. And Saquon Barkley had an amazing game. Honestly, put the team on his back in the second half. Was one of the main reasons he was in. Even the first half, he got a lot of carries. Um, and Daniel Jones. I mean, he didn't throw a lot. Of, he didn't throw a lot, which is good because I think that's going to be how they win games is by just feeding Saquon. And you you better hope that he stays healthy. But that's going to have to be how they win games. Daniel Jones cannot be throwing the ball that much because you will really see, you know, you and, and, and even the balls he was throwing, there were simple screen passes, drag routes, and he did bomb one to Sterling Shepard, but it was underthrown. I'm still not yeah. impressed with Daniel Jones. Um, but I think that the offense is just I – don't, I don't think it's great. But I do believe Saquon is back, and I think he's going to be better if he stays healthy. But the thing I want to commend the uh, or give the Giants credit for on defense is defense. It, it, it is defense. And 
they got the uh, what's what's his face Wink Martindale from the Ravens. They got him on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Yeah, I think he's a great defensive coordinator for this team. They looked real. I think they kind of fit up there. They made some plays. Yeah, they, they made Henry a non-factor in that game. It wasn't even a non-factor. He just I don't think he really got actually yeah it was because he he got a, he got like twenty one carries and then yeah. they held him. It wasn't really. So it was. It was. It was a great showing by the defensive unit for them. I think Tannehill, he was, he was not underwhelming per se, but he just he was kind of mid overall. I thought because he he made some throws, but at the end of the day, like like you got to get more open, like you got to get more uh, separation. You got to get Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips more involved. Robert Woods is a non-factor. Um, yeah, I, I think that this team, the Titans, have a lot of work to do this season. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, as threatening of a team as they once were, especially with a declining quarterback in Tannehill. I think that he was okay, and I think that he was he was serviceable per se. But I, I think that you need to figure out something. You got to get Derrick Henry involved. He has to be the reason you win games. The defense has some players on it, but you know. It's not going to go anywhere if that offense just continues to put up duds like that. And the, even still, the Titans had an opportunity to win the game, and they shanked a field goal. Oh, that's true. Bad, bad luck. It is what it is. Get back in there. You're against the Bills next week. So that's tough for you. You really, I think you really needed that win, especially with the schedule you have this year. So it is tough, and I don't know if you're going to be able to rebound. But, you know, I, I'm trying to think of positives for them and. I, really, I don't think I really can because you you kind of let you let Saquon go off, which is that's the key to their offense. And then on top of that, you let the Giants defense that's honestly I don't think is really all that great. Um, you let them look make Derrick Henry a non-factor, and even your number one receiver Robert Woods you made a non-factor. So great job with the Giants Titans. You got a lot of work to do. Um, you were talking about how um, who was it? Tannehill threw a lot of passes, right? He he threw. Um, I think it was like he was in the thirties. I think he was he was he no. was not he wasn't good by any means, but he definitely wasn't bad. Like Dontrell Hilliard cut both of the touchdown passes. Yeah, I do want to talk about. I didn't want to talk about this game that much, or talk about it at all, because it wasn't really anything to take away from it. But I there is one thing: New York Jets. Why in the world is Joe Flacco throwing the football 60 times in an NFL game. 60 times. Joe Flacco should never be throwing the football 60 times at this point of his career. You're just asking to lose and lose the way you did. I I, I didn't watch that much of the game. I just saw the plays that Lamar did. But when I heard he threw the ball 60 times, I couldn't believe it. I went to go check. It wasn't exactly 60. It was 59, but that's still crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy that Joe Flacco had that many pass attempts against the Baltimore Ravens. And it, I agree, but and people, people in the like, if people listen to this thing, you're going to be saying because garbage time, right? Because they were down by a lot and they had to, they had to throw the ball in garbage time. And to that, I say you're correct. However, you weren't down that much. Like the the Ravens took offense took a little while to get going. It, it wasn't it wasn't full speed on the gas. It wasn't like the Ravens Miami game a few years ago where it was like a sixty to nothing game. Like that, that that wasn't that that wasn't that. You your defense held them for a little while. You didn't have to throw the ball. 
You have Michael Carter and you have Brees Hall. That should be that you should have you should have pounded the rock. And mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know how where who got all these catches because Elijah, I don't know why Moore was all that effective. He might have been I don't know Garrett Wilson on my fantasy. Garrett Wilson he made some plays. Yeah, I, he was he's on my fantasy bench. He only had like three or four grabs. It's like who is getting all these catches? Like like I was I was like how like I saw that I was like what the hell. I know that they, I know they were down by a lot, and a lot of the throwing had to contribute to them just being down and getting, having to get the ball on the field. But you didn't have to throw the ball the entire game, and yet they did. And Michael Carter and Brees Hall should be getting more runs. That should be, the, that should be the mainstay of their offense right now until Zach Wilson gets back. Then you might have to adjust it a little bit to maybe make it a little bit more pass heavy. But I think this team should be run heavy regardless of who is playing quarterback because that's the strength of this team. Now. The defense held up for a little while, but then once they didn't hold up, it was like, holy shit, there's Devin Duvernay deep. There's Rashad Bateman deep. Um, yeah. I mean, we didn't really – there's not really much to take away from this game because it just kind of went the way we thought it would go. But, I mean, the, the, the coaching and the play calling has to get better in that regard. You can't let – Joe Flacco should not be touching a ball, dropping back in the pocket 60 times. And even more, because he probably got sacked before he could even throw the ball a few times. That can't happen. Straight up. That, that just can't happen. That's unacceptable. And <laughs> we're talking about brutal picks, right? I don't know if you saw the one that Joe Flacco threw, but that shit was to no jet in particular. That was right to a Baltimore Raven. And they almost they almost got a pick six out of it. So it just set him up in the prime field position. It was pretty awful. Like, it was probably one of the worst picks I've seen all day. In term, and I, I know that I know we're their division rival, uh, their quarterback completely shit the bed, but that was like, holy fuck, what the hell was that? At least, at least with Burroughs picks, there was at least somebody in the area some of the time. There was nobody in that, even there was no one in that general area code, and he throws it there, and they almost got to pick six out of it. So that was, that was brutal, and that's why you should not be throwing the ball 60 times a game with Joe Flacco. For, for that, Bob Burroughs, go to his game. The defending AFC champions, they they let a they laid a dud in the first half. Burrow had five turnovers. The Steelers just could never pull away due to the fact that Mitch was their quarterback. And so Burrow was able to come back in that game and Evan McPherson has not been the same since he decided to stay at halftime of the Super Bowl because he missed, <laughs> he missed the extra point and then he no, missed what two no, 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 he got, two, he got, blocked. He got a block. Oh, you got it blocked. Oh, it was it was blocked at the end of the, at the end of the first. Then uh, then he missed the, the then he missed the chance of the game winner in overtime. Although I'm not gonna fault completely fault him because uh they did have a new long snapper and holder because the long snapper and the holder were injured and the holder had the he didn't have the laces out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but mean, that's just kind of what happens when you have that kind of inconsistencies on the um. Uh, kicking one, one like one hold, one snap, like that can mess up the entire kick. So, I mean, uh, TJ Watt was a beast, showing why he was the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. He made life hell for Joe Burrow for as long as he could. Speaking of Joe Burrow, all that money into that offensive line just to be sacked. What was it, five, seven times? Mm-hmm. He was sacked a lot. That has to be fixed. The Bengals cannot allow that to happen anymore. Yeah. And uh, as the Steelers, um, 
I personally think you should move on to, to Kenny Pickett, but you keep Trubisky, you're just going to keep asking your defense to win you games, honestly. Because that's what they did today, yesterday. Because you guys should have lost that game if Evan McPherson didn't get his field, his extra point blocked. Yeah, I mean, this was a, this was a, a tough game. This was a tough game to see. And um, Pittsburgh, I think that your defense looked good, but now when TJ, we even mentioned that TJ Watt is a potential twin pick. So, oh, well, he, he, I think he's going to find a way to play with this. That he wants to get a second or third opinion. He, he doesn't think he can he needs surgery. He thinks he could just be out six weeks. Yeah, 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 I know that. But I'm saying that still, six weeks, season, I mean, you're hoping that it, you're hoping that you're hoping that he comes back sooner. But if he doesn't, that's one, that's your most, that's your best player. That's out with an injury, and that's tough. And I mean, I think the Steelers' defense is still going to be really good. They still have some good playmakers out there, like Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, just name a few. That offense, I mean, I don't, I, I personally don't think it doesn't matter who you put in the quarterback, and I still think they're going to be the same. Uh, that's then maybe that's why you got to kind of take it because you're at this point you're like you don't care whether or not. Um, you're decent with Mitch or you're decent with Kenny Pickett. You're just giving Kenny Pickett the seasoning and the development that he needs. But I think the reason they're going to stay with Kenny Pickett, or not Kenny, Mitch Trubisky, is because he's not going to make the mistakes. He, they're going to they're try to win, and they're going to try to play mistake-free football. And at the end of the day, that's why they won. They played mistake-free football. And even Mitch made some – he made some plays. In OT, he made some plays. But um, – Joe Burrow, I mean, you've got to get better. I mean, that was that was a dud with that receiving core to throw four picks. I know you're under duress a lot. It's got to get better, and there's got to be some there's going to be some changes to the play calling, maybe or something. But that has to get better. It has to be fixed. And the fumbles, he fumbled a few times. I don't think it was just one. Yeah, once. And like that, that all has to get. That's gotta clean up, but it's week one. You know, there's plenty, like there's plenty of room for growth throughout the season for all these teams we've talked about. I believe it will get better. That team is that offense is too talented not to get better. Um, the defense I thought played pretty well for the most part. Uh, you know, keeping them in the game, really, they kept them in there for the majority of the game. That's why they were there, because you know you don't you can't throw five or four picks and fumble the ball several times and expect to win the game. So. They kept them in it. I mean, I think they're going to bounce back against Dallas next week. But for now, I mean, we're, I'm just seeing what it is. That was kind of embarrassing for Cincinnati. Now we move on from one quarterback from the 2020 class to the next one. Raiders fans, you now know what it was like for an off, how we had to deal with an offense led by Josh McDaniels. I'm be honest. I thought it would work. Um, he called the same stuff that he would call in New England. Now, yeah, maybe it'd be different due to the part that he had better weapons, but yeah, that Raiders offense did not look good. As for the defense, I, I we know the secondary was going to be bad, but Chandler Jones made no impact in that game. He did nothing. Like you paid him all this money, he did nothing. Herbert was just making dimes after dimes, and it wasn't even to like Matt said. Keenan Allen was out. Um, Mike Williams was not even targeted. Well, he got hurt during the game. But Mike Williams wasn't targeted. DeAndre Carter went off on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. An absolute nobody. Yeah, yeah Herbert, Herbert was Herbert. Uh, 
Carr, you got the good and you got the bad with him. Now, they Harper, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say everything was great, but super great. Like, yeah, he made some plays, but again, that game was too close. Like, right. if not for Khalil Mack strip sacking the car, the Raiders could have possibly gone down and won that game. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm going to say what it is. I mean, the Raiders' offense was pretty terrible, and I don't think it wasn't Devontae Adams' fault. He went off. Um, that's expected. He went off. But it was, it was, I think for the most part, it was either, it was both A, the play calling was terrible. Like Brandon Bolden was out there a lot for whatever reason. He was out there a lot too much, scored their touchdown, one of their touchdowns. But yeah. the second thing is, there has to be some blame placed on Derek Carr in that offensive line. I mean, that offensive line is horrid. It's, it's horrendous. It's even worse than I thought it was going to be. Bosa and Khalil Mack got pressure like there was no tomorrow. The, the line bent and bent some more. Derek Carr was under constant pressure. Could, like, it's like, I felt like he couldn't even see his receivers when they're like the offensive line would try to quote-unquote block for him. But Derek Carr was under pressure, threw a lot of picks, um, missed Darren Waller in a wide-open touchdown at the beginning of the game. That would have been – you know, they would have given the lead. And then threw some pretty bad balls towards the uh, second half to the end of the game. Do I think it'll get better for him? Absolutely. I think, he, I think that's offense is – has too much talent and skill position for him not to. And you're not going to be going up against uh, two dominant passers like that too much. So maybe the offensive line gets better. I wouldn't count on it, but maybe it does. Who knows? That has to be a focus next season for them. And honestly, the defense, I thought, wasn't terrible. They made plays and they needed to. But but like like you said, that game was too close. The Chargers should have ran away with that game. I know Keenan Allen got hurt, but – Still, with the with the way the Raiders played, the mistakes they made, they needed to get further up on the scoreboard, and they didn't. So, I, I don't know. I think that I think that it's still week one. There's still, you know, growing pains, obviously, and I'm going to keep saying that throughout this entire podcast because it's the truth. But damn, like th- that that was too close for them, and that's for the Raiders. That was kind of terrible. I'm not going to lie, I was underwhelmed. Oh, I was about to just say, I was about to say in the final game, but I just forgot I missed this one, but I just thought about it. Thursday night, the first game of the NFL season, the Buffalo Bills, they they absolutely smoked the Rams. Yeah. The Bills just looked unstoppable. Yeah. Although they did make a couple of mistakes, but they're just too good to the point that they could afford to make those two mistakes. Like thirty one to ten. Josh Allen was insane. Stephon Diggs just fathered J- Jalen Ramsey all game long. The run game was still whack outside of uh, Josh Allen, and the defense it held its own without without Tre'Davious White. I'm, that they deserve credit like that. They did good without uh, Tre'Davious White. And I also want to say, Von Miller, where was this Von Miller last year? You you weren't this good in in, in the Rams. He went out there and just took whole control of the game. As for what Ram said, um, well, we had heard Stafford was dealing with an injury, and his arm did, look, did not look pretty. Yeah. Yeah, outside of that great pass to Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is still great. Um, Allen Robinson, I, I think he'll bounce back. You know, it was his first game, and I'm not worried. The run game, though, I, I should, I will be worried because I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of them this season. I know you are in terms of the run game, right? We're not big, big on Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say what it is. The Buffalo Bills. That was 
utter domination. I mean, even with four turnovers, I mean, that was still that was still insane. Like, James Cook fumbled one. I, I was huge on James Cook. I still am. I still think he's going to eventually get a much bigger role in the offense. But as for Josh Allen, I mean, one of his picks just simply wasn't his fault. Isaiah McKenzie needs to come down with the football that he threw right into his hands. He drops. He's got to come down with that. I know it's a tough catch, but you got to at least come down with that or put it on the ground. And the second pick was just a really good play by the Rams. I think it was Troy Hill, the corner, that made that. Yeah, was, Troy he, he was open, and then he baited him into throwing it and picked it off. That doesn't give it, He doesn't get enough credit for that pick. But um, Stafford looked kind of terrible, not going to lie. Um, and honestly, what I've noticed from Stafford is that it seems like – and last year too – Teams are going to figure you out if you just force feed one receiver. Teams are going to figure you out, and they're going to cover the other receivers when you decide to throw it that way. And you're going to let Cooper Cup – it's like it's like the Chiefs a year ago, right, where you let Tyree, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey get his yardage and you just cover Tyreek Hill. They're going to – the teams, I feel like, are going to try to let Cooper Cup get that yardage, and then they're going to try to cover everything around him. But you have to look at other – you have to look at other – players on that football field. Allen Robinson, you weren't even looking at him. You have to look <laughs> at him. Tyler Higby, you're not even looking at him. Like you have you have to look at Tyler Higby and Allen Robinson. These are guys that are supposed to be big in your offense. And when you get Van Jefferson back too, like they didn't even have Van Jefferson. You, I mean you, you gotta look at him. It's you're you're looking at Cooper Cup the entire time. You need to you need to surprise the defense. You need to look around the field, survey the field, and not just throw to Cooper Cup every time. I know he's good, but you've got to make it you've got to make it a mystery where you're throwing the ball. And some of the throws that Stafford made, you could like I think you could tell that there was still something that was wrong with his elbow. I don't think he was hundred percent. And same for Cam Akers. I think that's why he was probably on the bench a lot because it doesn't make sense on why you put Daryl Henderson in because I don't. I, I don't. I'm not high on Daryl Henderson. I never have been because the dude literally takes the run play, right? Like if there's, for example, it's a stretch, he'll take that and he'll run the exact route you see in a Madden 23 uh, coach suggestion play sheet. He will just run the exact way without any sort of improvising. No matter where the defense is, if there's five guys standing there, he's just gonna try to run right through them. I mean. Cam Akers is at least a little bit better with that, and I think he's got more upside. But who knows what Sean McVay is planning, or even if Cam Akers is 100%. But, I mean, there's got to be – this has to be better for them. And I think they're going to get better. They're too talented not to get better. But, you know, I think think for Rams fans, I think that was an embarrassment. I really do. I mean, you expect a lot more from your team. And I know the Bills are really good. But you should you this is the team that you think that should be hanging around with. This is the, this is one of those teams that you think that it should be neck and neck with the Bills and being able to beat them when it matters. And you know, I thought they would win. I thought that the, the fans would give them the edge and it, they just didn't look good. Even on defense they didn't look good. Jalen Ramsey was burnt toast. I mean it's everything that could go wrong for the Rams went wrong for them. And like I said, they're gonna get better. They're gonna learn from this and they're gonna grow. But not a good start for the Rams. I want to uh, add two quick things on Bills. One, when we play them this year, the two times, uh, can that just not happen? Can it just be an automatic forfeit of three zero loss? I yeah, like I, I I already saw the Pats get smoked once by them, and 
that I can just deal with one. I, I do not want to have 50 or 70 hanged on us two times this season. I don't want to play the Bills at all. And also watching the, the Bills and other quarterbacks have played, not just in the NFL collegiate-wise, I want that. It's, it's not fair. I, I, I want – I, I, I like Mac, but again, with Mac, you just – you have your version of Kirk Cousins, which isn't bad, but it isn't great. You're, you're just confident enough to compete. I want special. I want what the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the, the Bengals, and all these other teams have. I, I know. And I, I, I know. I want superstar talent in my football. Yeah. Game. Oh, that's you. But I, and I know it was like, oh, we'll spoil this. You already had Brady for twenty years. Who cares? You guys hated all these trash teams. Hated being bad. Guess what? We don't want to be bad either. I know eventually that time has to come, but that doesn't mean we can't wish for us to hopefully get good again. Who cares if we had twenty years except? But I hate it where they, you can't be asking for anything. You had 20 years of success. True, but, yeah, we can ask for whatever we want. We want to be good. And especially when we know that we can be good. It's the problem is we have a GM that is not confident enough to make the moves to help this team. And you know what? I'll save this for the last time. I know we were going to rant. The New England Patriots lost 20-7. to And before I rant on New England, I just want to add, Miami, I, and I know those of you, you're just, you're being salty in the loss. No, if I was a Miami fan, I wouldn't have been. I'm not. There's nothing to take away from this other than the fact that obviously you got a W, but Tua still garbage. This offense, um, did not really do anything to the, oh, what I would call an average defense by New England. Like they really did. Outside of that, Jalen Waddle play. What did you really do to us that really destroyed our defense? Like yeah, you had your passes, but New England did not let you beat them over the top. Like I really thought that they would because of the speed. And two, there were so many over, like, the, the first the first offensive drive for the Dolphins, he had Tyreek on a touchdown, and he, that, that was just embarrassing, that throw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, your offense put up 13 points on an average defense. That is not something to be pleased with. And I'm not going to blame it on the weapons, because they are not at fault on this. And neither is Mike, Mike McDaniel. He was pretty good with the plays that he schemed up. Two was a problem for this. Two was the reason that this team did not score more than the 13 points offensively. Credit your defense, it, it, it was good, but I don't, I'm not going to act like it's, it's great. I'm also going to use the fact that if you're a defense playing Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia coach offense, is it really that you dominated? Uh, no, the Patriots offense was just weak. That's all I'm going to add. I don't, I'm not, we're going to find out how real Miami is either this Sunday against the Ravens or the following when they face the Buffalo Bills. That's how we going to know who they truly are. But I... I don't think Miami really showed that they're. I don't even think they show that they're levels ahead of us. They really show that they're neck and neck with us. Like we honestly could have won that game if it wasn't for stupid mistakes and terrible coaching decisions and terrible roster management of this team. Like we honestly could have won well, yesterday. And I'll, I'll let Matt go into it, and you can start. You can talk. You can talk about Miami if you want first, and you can do the rant, and I'll join after you. But yeah, you can. What else I have to say about Miami? All right, so I'll, I'll go on about Miami. So, I mean, I don't like. I've been saying it for the last, you know, what, whatever that, the, whatever the, however long they traded Tyree Kill, however long that ago that was, was that March, April. Yeah. It was, it was like I was. I've been saying it. I've been pounding it. This team needs to run plays where Tua can make the most simple passes possible in order for this team to get down the field, and. To the most part, they did. 
but I don't think it was simple enough. I think you you have to make it even more simple. I mean, I'm talking screams, drags, curls, like with slants, back to the basics, like like basic routes that can get people open, and and you have the, you still have the guys to do so. You got Tyree Kill, you got Jalen Water. I mean, this has to like, you have to simplify your offense big time because of the liability you have at the quarterback position. And I mean, the defense. I mean, I I don't really know how good they are yet because. It really, I don't think that our offense is anything too crazy. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit frustrated with the way that everything went down. I think that was a winnable game for us, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know when you're gonna do your rant. I can do mine now, or you can. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, gonna my, I'm gonna do my rant right fucking now. <laughs> Matt Patricia, Mac Jones, receivers. Get your head out of your fucking asses. Matt Patricia, you need to call better plays. Straight up. Get your laminated play sheet out of your face and actually look up and see what's happening in the game. Damian Harris only got nine runs. Damian Harris got nine fucking runs. That has to be better. You need to you need to be handing him the ball. And I know I know I've been saying Damian Harris isn't a game changer. No, you're correct. But they, our receivers are worse. You cannot trust Mac Jones throwing the ball to these Receive these mid those mid receivers thirty times a game. Damian Harrison and Roger Stevenson need to be the headline of this offense. And as for the receivers, you need to get separation. Devontae Parker was was blanketed all game. I mean, Kendrick Bourne was fucking benched. I mean, like this is this is like is this this isn't acceptable. Jacoby Myers is the only one. Where are our tight ends? Where are these magical tight ends that we hyped up to ten bucks two a year ago when we signed them out of free agency? They're nowhere to be fucking seen. Because why? Not because they're bad, but because they're not involved in the offense. Matt Patricia, you flat out need to be better. And I haven't even gotten there yet. Mac Jones needs to take accountability. And you look at the box score and you say, okay, 21 of 30. That's not bad. No. If you watched the game, you'd realize how bad he was. Mac Jones threw a costly pick at the first drive of the game where we were in the red zone. There was no reason for him to throw that ball, and he did it anyway. On top of that, when we were backed up to the 10-yard line, what happens? Cole Strange happens. When you can't – like, this is what happens when you trade over one of the best guards in the league for a fucking fifth-round pick, Bill Belichick. This is what fucking happens. you got a rookie – got a rookie right guard that's going to be put in a fucking blender, and Mac Jones is going to fumble the ball. Trent Brown is a lazy ass. He looks like he went to fucking McDonald's like night before the game. And Isaiah Wynn looks fucking terrible as well. I mean, top to bottom, this offense was pretty, pretty, pretty lackluster. But Ty Montgomery has your only touchdowns is a fucking issue. Um, and, and, and even when your defense, your defense gives you every opportunity in the world to make a fucking play. The, the defense was good. I throughout the offseason, I've been saying that this defense needs to step up. The secondary is a question mark. No, this defense today, the defense played just as well as they could. They didn't let Tyreek and Jalen Waddle beat them over the top. They didn't let them, and on top of that, they didn't even let Tua fucking dump off short every single play. They didn't let the running backs take the speedy running backs over. They did everything right. That was about as good as you can get from our defense, and they still choked. Mac Jones needs to take accountability for this loss. The entire offense needs to take accountability for this loss. This is on them. There needs to be some changes to the coaching staff. Matt Patricia is a key to make shit worse, regardless of the team he is on. There is a reason why he left our team and our defense was the number one defense in the fucking league. It's not a coincidence. He leaves the Detroit Lions. What happens? They're making progress now. 
They're getting better. And that we we get worse when he's on this team. It's not a coincidence. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm flat out pissed off with the way this team was built in the offseason. I'm flat out pissed off with the way we played, especially the way the offense played yesterday. And there's going to be some serious changes on the offensive of the ball because that can't happen every week. And especially, and you may be thinking, it's week one. Why are you ranting? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is not just week one for us. Preseason week two against Carolina. Mac Jones only completed 50% of his passes. He didn't look good at all. Week three against the Raiders backups. We couldn't get a drive down the field. We couldn't score a touchdown. Our starters could not score a touchdown against the number two and number three defenders on the Raiders depth chart. Some of them might not even be with the fucking team now. And yet, we only mustered three points and a quarter and a half against the Raiders' backup defenders. That's inexcusable. There needs to be there needs to be something better. And I will hand my rant off to you, good sir. Yeah, um, I kept saying we needed to repl- we needed to get Bill O'Brien or anybody other than Matt Patricia or Joe Judge, and it, it, this was. And I don't even think the, the I'm not even mad that it had we been terrible where it was just awful from well I think I'd be less mad because it'd be like well we expected this the fact that we had a chance to win this game but the coat the like I said the offense is the reason why we didn't our defense gave us a chance oh another, another dig at Tua here this is how much Bill was afraid of, of Tua he literally put a rookie fourth round corner on Tyreek Hill that's how much he doesn't respect Tua. Who nearly intercepted Tua? Tyreek Hill just made a, a great catch. Credit to him. Yeah, that should have been a pick for Jack Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the offense. Yeah, Mac. As much as I like you, this was probably by far one of your worst games. Like even that game where you only threw three, three passes was better. Because um, yeah, like this is Matt said, the, the stat line says twenty-one to thirty, but there were some some of the incompletions, like the little ones that he just. Underthrew, there was two. I think that he he underthrows Aguilar. His journey. It's not even like he's under pressure. It's like, what are you doing, Mac? Or the other one that he just stells him and could have been picked off. Like, what are you doing? That first right too. Um, it felt like Mac wants to get the deep ball. Mac, you need to understand, and you understood this last year, especially after the first six weeks, that you understood what you were and what you could do and what you couldn't do. In this game, you didn't. You really wanted to hit that big one that Devontae Parker and it made you pay. Like Matt said, we were driving down the field in the first round. That was a drive that could have maybe made a big momentum for us. Like made the offense be like, hey, you know what? We can keep driving, just playing the way we did, and we can keep scoring them. No, you ended by, what was it, second and 10? It was an early down. I know that. Yeah, it was an early down. And you test quite probably, like every fan, and maybe it's not your fault. Maybe Matt told you to do this. Would I, I just make it seem that any fan from the fan base could honestly run this offense over Matt Patricia? Going into the game, everybody knew that the game plan was attack everybody else except for Xavier Howard. Their number two corner is out. Their number three corner is out. You attack everybody else. You So what? I know Devontae Parker's first game. Sacrifice him. We wouldn't be mad if he had zero catches if it meant that Everybody else was getting catches because we are taking advantage of what the Dolphins were giving us. And what they gave us was Jacoby Myers, who, by the way, he's the only guy in this offense that doesn't deserve blame. And the running backs, because it's not their fault that they weren't given many touches. 
and even the even the tight ends, they didn't get many touches either. They they should yeah. be getting more touches. This should be this should we don't have the speed and explosiveness right now to be targeting people and having Dak Jones throw the football. There need this need there still needs to be simple reads. There needs to be more simple reads than deep reads. It's just simple as that. Yeah, so and they don't deserve me. My candy board is uh, Bill. You need to stop with this pettiness and this dog housing stuff. There's no reason that Kendrick Bourne should have been benched the entire game. He comes in, and he literally makes a big play, and then you take him out, and the next play was a fumble. Which yeah, I mean, you can't you can't predict that the fumble would happen, but still. And he was pissed apparently. Bourne on the sideline when he was taken out after that big catch, and then he sees the fumble. He threw his helmet in frustration. And John Smith had to go calm him down. But I have – Bourne better get more minutes this week. Look, I know Aguilar was impressive in camp and against and in preseason, but he was not impressive today. You need to put Bourne in next next week. And if Bourne is trash, they go back to putting in Aguilar. But honestly, I would have loved to have known how this game would have turned out had Bourne been given a lot of chances. He was literally – are you there, best wide receiver last season – he was the best receiver. He was the only player that showed up on offense along with Matt Jones in that postseason and Nick Folk in that postseason game against the Bills. Those three were our entire offense. And they, he goes from having 77 yards in that postseason game and two touchdowns to only two snaps and a catch for 40 yards. That, that's just unacceptable, Bill. This pettiness of yours, because I know he used to do it. He, he, only, he was doing it a bit to Ramondre last season for that one fumble. But Bourne literally did nothing wrong to deserve this. He's probably one of the best players you could have. He, he knows his role. He does his job. He never complains. And he's a great locker room guy. He's got great energy to have around. I, I don't get the benching of his. He better play more next week. But yeah, I mean, there was no need for Mac to throw. You should never have tested David Howard, especially on 55th. You can test Devontae and other, maybe next week against the Steelers' corners. But there was no need to do that with Howard. Not to mention with Javon Holland over there as well at safety. Like, if you told me, oh, you got man on man and you just. You just put one up there, it's understandable because then Howard just batted it down, it would have been incomplete. But no, you put it when he had safety up, it's, I, I don't know what Mac was thinking there. Um, that, oh, another one, another play that pissed me off that Mac got bailed out. Four from one. Why are we going deep? Yeah. Why? Is that the mind? No, 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 no. Uh, it's, it's the one he tosses it to, uh, to uh, what's his name? Um, to Parker to the end zone, he overthrows him, but we get we get away with the grabbing from Xavier Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Right. He literally had uh, Hunter Henry and Damon Harris open for the first down on a short pass. They literally ran two yards, a little dump off to them, and that's a quick first down. Like they're Dolphins left that open. He he forces that to him, and you're lucky that Xavier Howard was called for grabbing because I don't even know how the refs saw that because they were neck and neck, both of them going for the ball. Which, by the way, you sell Devontae Parker. That's not a catchable pass. Then, then there's another one, the fourth one that, that Max has brought up. It's quadruple coverage, and you force it to Henry Cho on a deep one. When on the side, Damon Harris gets open for a first down. Then I think you had Aguilar open for a short first down, too. Uh, it's just, those were, Mac, you, the reason why that you were called the most pro-ready quarterback in last year's draft is because your processing is one of the best from your rookie class. Yesterday, you did not look like that. You looked like the other four rookies last season with dumb decision-making. Like, yeah, your stat line goes good, but again, some of the decisions that you took in that game were terrible, and they were part of the reason why we lost yesterday. Yeah. And it needs to get fixed. And uh, I know some might try to make excuses of back spasms because it turns out Mac is hurt, although it's not that serious. 
Yeah, that's not it. Perry's not that serious, but things have to change because honestly, if we lose this this Sunday, I think we're starting the month off zero four. I think Pittsburgh is our only winnable game so far because yep. I don't think we're beating Lamar and we're not beating. I don't know Rogers has it bad, but I don't know if we can go into Lambeau and win with that weather. And Packers defense isn't bad; they just had to face Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But yeah, things things could get worse before they get better. I think this is I think this is panic time for us, especially because the because a lot of teams like I say, oh, it's week one, like it's like yes, I, I agree that there's still ways to improve, but a lot of teams don't play their starters in preseason, and especially with us, we did play starters in preseason, and even still in preseason against not even starting caliber defenses, they they choked. They didn't know. They, it, it seems like there's a complete disorganization on the offensive side of the ball, and it didn't really help that we didn't even know who was calling our plays until like an hour before game time. We didn't even. Know Although, so it felt sometimes like Joe Judge called some of the plays. I don't think it was fully Patricia because they show him and he, he was reading his book, and and we'd but run a play. But even, but even still, that's that's not easy. You can't you can't be having two guys calling differing plays because both of these guys have different minds. You, like, I mean, at least with Josh McDaniels last year, sure, he wasn't a great offensive coordinator, but it was, but Mac knew was expected of him with Josh McDaniels. There was, there was a clear vision that he had and in good or a good vision or not a good vision, vision. And we knew exactly what he knew, exactly what he was expected of him. And he did it. And it was, sure it was, it wasn't, it wasn't elite. But he he had his moments. He made some plays. He 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 kept it simple. And I'm starting to think that we might have to do the same thing again this year if we want any chance of winning games with the offensive side of the ball. We don't have not only we don't have the speed to win you over the top. We don't have the separators or the route runners to make Mac Jones throw you in space. We we as a team. Need we need to get better, and that, that, it's simple as that. And, and I don't think this is the year that we're going to do it. Next off season is cute. Next, so I, I well, I want to add a bit more to rant. Bill Belichick, you are not escaping this either. This is the team you asked for to because you want your stupid friends coaching this team. Uh, I know we have a lot of money for you to come fix this team next off season, but I'm honestly, if this is a horrid year for us, we are a top five pick. You need to go. You need to pack your bags. Unless you can guarantee that you're going to actually do something about the offensive coaching. Like, if you, oh, if, if this is just a sacrificial year, so you can get a stud player in the draft. Well, hopefully, because knowing you, you'd probably draft a third rounder with a fifth overall pick. Be John Robinson with pick five or whatever. Like that, that's just the way it's gonna go because we um, running backs, and we're gonna we're probably gonna let Damian Harris walk, which is the right decision. But at the end of the day. There needs to be some accountability here. There needs to be some sort of motive to say, okay, let's add a superstar. Let's go out and let's sacrifice something. Let's make a trade. Oh, I, and if we are feeling, because I was saying, if, Mac, if Mac's throwing the deep ball because they want to throw the deep ball, oh, you want to see Mac use his arm? Oh, do you see what Alabama gave him? All these studs? Go get him that. You did no effort to get him that. You said, here, have Devontae Parker. Take it. Devontae Parker isn't that. Yeah, on top of that, it's like you have guys like Kendrick Bourne isn't that. Kendrick Bourne is more of yeah. a slot guy. He's more of a route technician. Where he's going to get open on shorter routes. Um, Jacoby Myers isn't that. He doesn't have the speed to win over the top. 
Nelson Aguilar is the closest thing we have to that. And that's Nelson Aguilar. He's not even the best deep. He's not a good deep, right? He's not even a good runner at all. He's just fast. He's like, he, like it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing watching him not being able to create separation. And <laughs> it, it's embarrassing. How do you have that much speed and not be able to create any sort of separation? Hopefully, Taekwon Thornton can do something, but it, it's tight. Like, I'm not as, as good as he looked in preseason. Like, uh, it's just, it's tough for me. To be high on him. Realistic confidence that Tyquan Thornton is going to come back and this offense is going to take off. And, and yeah, that, that, that just, that, I don't, I don't buy that, you know. And and I think that our fan base is also a little bit of a problem because uh, we as Patriots fans are like, oh, Bill is going to make people good. Um, it's just the way he is. Like just because we have two young, promising corners on our team, oh, just you wait, they they become good. And I, I believe, I believe in these these two corners. To be honest, I really do. But we're like it's like we can't rely on that. We can't we can't bank on that. We like this team is mid. It is. And if this team had some a couple of game changers on both sides of the if they had a game changer on offense and a game changer on defense, I truly believe this team is a lot better. But we don't. That's the problem. That is the that's been the problem with us for the last honestly for the last four years. When, when ever since we won that we won that Super Bowl. Ever since then, Brady was on an island by himself on that offensive side of the ball. Stephon Gilmore was on an island by himself on that defensive side of the ball, and like Gilmore was a game changer. But Brady and more more so regarded to the offense because like that was that was where we struggled defense. We were number one in the league, right? I shouldn't I shouldn't have said that for that season, but and then yeah. you know, in twenty twenty one, like like we lack a true game changer on offense to ever go far, and that's been like in. When, when you have Tom Brady and Gronk, it's easy to take that for granted. But like, but it should show the value of having game changers. It shows it shows that value. You can't yeah. you can't expect to win if you don't have the best. Like I'm not saying and I'm not saying that we need to go out and trade for fucking Justin Herbert or go sign Joe Burrow. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to surround our quarterback now with the weapons he needs to take steps in his development because what we saw his rookie year. It was pretty good considering what he had to work with on the offensive side of the ball. And if we're not going to spend this money on high-end talent, and there's no good – trust me, there is no good receivers in this free agent market. The best one that's available is what we fucking have. Oh, Oh, for next season, my bad. I thought currently. No, no, no. I'm talking about free agents because all all these stud receivers got signed. They already got signed long-term, as they should have. Yeah. And – a good example of this is look at the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Um, you got AJ Brown. They said they said to themselves that they want to see if this Jalen Hurts guy is the real deal. They want to see if this guy, they want to see this if this guy can bring us to heights. And he's not going to be able to bring us to heights unless we get him a game changer to throw the ball to. So what do they do? They go out, they make a move, they take a risk, they go out and they acquire AJ Brown with one of their first round picks. I mean. Yeah. We should have. Um, we should have been doing. We should have been knocking in the door for that. Yep. We, Especially since it really cost that much. We should have been knocking on the door with that. We should have. We should have called somebody up and see if we could. I hardly believe that. Like we, if we had called the Titans up before, offered them our first round pick, and we said AJ Brown, yes or no. I mean, that, that, that's what the Eagles did. The, the Eagles gave up a first and a third for him. That's all. Mm-hmm. I I mean they, I think they'd at least consider it. We we could we could yeah. give it more track value. It's but it's it's like yes, we might not be Super Bowl. 
it would help our quarterback develop. And that's what's important is helping your quarterback develop. Um, I will add that despite us having the money for next offseason, if we um if we have a terrible year and Bill guarantees that Matt Patricia will still be calling the offense, I Bill, I don't care. Uh thank you for the what you've done these past twenty some years, but you have to go if you think Matt Patricia should still be our offensive coordinator last year, next year, if we are a horrid team. Like and I think we are going to be. And even if we're not, I, I best like like me and Matt said, we're probably going to be third in this division. You need to go get somebody else at offensive corner. Matt Patricia better not be it next season because if not, you need to go because your time here has come to an end because I don't know if you're just doing it to see how far it will take it until Kraft fires you. But if you are really chasing to get the most wins as a head coach, you do what's right. You get us an actual offensive coordinator. And honestly, I, I hope we get a top five pick. And like Matt was, Matt was just saying that you need to get your receiver, a star receiver. Oh, your quarterback, a star, a stud receiver. There's not many in the free agents in pool. We don't know what's going to be in the trade market. Guys could could request trade, although I doubt you pounce on it, knowing you how stingy you are. If we get a top ten pick, and there's a shot that we could have Jackson Smith and Jig on this team, you better make him a Patriot. You got to at least show Matt that you're Matt that you're going to give him a shot to see what he can do with weapons. I doubt you do it, but I'm just saying that's all you. That's what you had to do. I, I'm just looking now forward to next season because. I personally think this season is going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, anything can happen, but if week one is any indication of how the season is going to go, I it's just going to be a terrible season. I'd much rather just focus on my Super Bowl pick and enjoying the other football games because yeah. this it, it feels like we're a fan of a, like the bad teams, like the Lions, the Jets, the Jaguars for all these years. That's what it feels like. And the difference is that those teams didn't really have the coaching or the talent when they were bad. We have – well, we have you – uh, I don't know about the offense, and I'll I'll give credit. Steve called a pretty good game defensively the other day, and we have some players on the team now. We don't have a lot of players, but we have some players. It should not be this bad, but you are making it this bad with the managed with the roster decisions that you've made as our GM. And I know you're going to push it and say, "Oh, Matt Gross, the GM." No, he's just your scapegoat for all the mistakes you've been making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm 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 done. I'm going to add on to that, and I'm just going to say that, like you said, I mean, I mean, Bill Belichick, obviously a legend around here. Like, we couldn't thank him enough for what he's done. But at the end of the day, there comes a time where you need to, you need to, you need to realize where the sun is setting, and you need to, you need to, you need to move on. You need to start a new era, and you need to move forward and try to be better in the future. And honestly, right now, I don't know if Bill Belichick is the kind of guy that I can feel like I don't I don't think there's a direction with this team. Like it, like there's no direction here. Like we like there's we're not we're not like we're not trying to be bad, but we're not going to be good. And mm-hmm. and like there like what what can we look to what can we look to this season and say what what is a successful season for us this year, right? Like what like like think about it. Upside wise, what do we have? Like, we're, like Mac Jones develops better. Like he develops into a more like a better quarterback, and we make like a, a wild card seed and we lose. I think I think success the- is being being at least better than Miami, being second in the division again because we know we're nowhere near Buffalo. But I know it's not a good good success to have, but I just think Percy for the current yeah, yeah, yeah. run that success. I'm just yeah yeah I know that. I'm just saying like. 
is that where we want to be? Like, is like oh. do we want to be consistently trying to compete for wild card spots with no future of the team? Like, like I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the future of this team. Like, I know that Mac is cool, Kyle Dugger. Like, I like, I like some of the young players we have, but like, at the end of the day, like, there's no one I can point to and say this is our superstar that we're gonna build around. This is our guy that's gonna take us to the next level. That needs to be had. We we need to have that, especially if we hope to win in the future. That needs to be on this football team. And do I? I don't know if Bill Belichick has that kind of. I don't know if he has that in him. To be honest, I I, I just feel like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice not believing in him. But at the end of the day, what has he done to make me believe in him? Like it's like, after Brady leaves, right? We go. We we didn't have much wiggle room in the 2020 offseason. The 2021 offseason, we had a lot of wiggle room. We could have we could have made. We made some splash moves, but I, I think we overpaid for some people, and I don't, I don't think that that's the recipe for success. I think that the Jaguars like, – I, I think that what we did in 2021 is what the Jags did in 2022. They overpaid for a bunch of guys, so they had to overpay for a bunch of guys. And I don't think any of them are going to become, like, superstars or anything, but, like, that's, kind of, that's just kind of like what they did. And it's not a recipe for success, because you're supposed to build through the draft. And – I think that Bill has done nothing but draft either mid or shit talent in the draft. Especially, like, I mean, honestly, 2020 and 2021 were not bad. Kyle Duggar's a good pick. Mac Jones, Christian Barmer, great picks. Ramondre, too, great pick. But I can't point to any one of them and say, like, this is going to be our superstar. You know what I'm saying? It's like this team needs something to look forward to on offense, defense, anything. Like, we're, 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 we're grasping at straws here. And I know people are listening to this and laughing because, like, they think that this is this is an overreaction. But I don't think they understand that the offense has been like this forever. It was like this last season. It's going to be like this again this season. It's just not an electrifying offense. It's just, it's like, we can't – like, it holds us back to not have somebody like, like a true number one. And Bill not making – being able to get to his – uh, get to his bag and start and make a big move, yeah. and it, it really it really pisses me off because it's it's like he's doing this like we still have Tom Brady as our quarterback and that he can make random guys like Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell impact players. Mac Jones doesn't have that ability yet, and and he might not ever get it. He might never have it. I don't think he'll ever have it to be honest, because I don't see Mac Jones. With that high, like I think that he is, or he has a very high floor, but I don't think he ever is going to become one of the elite signal callers in this league, unless we get him a star-studded cast. So, Bill Belichick, pressure's on you next offseason. Make a damn move, draft right. If you're you're still going to be here because we're not going to move off of you because you've provided so much for us, and it'd be a disservice to fire you. I know that we should probably move on sooner rather than later, but it's just not going to happen. We're, like, we know that Bill's going to be here as long as he wants to be here until he retires. We're not going to fire him. So it uh, is what it is. And we shouldn't really be wanting to fire him. But at the end of the day, it's like you've got to show us that you can still do this thing. you got to show us that you can put a team together, not only coaching, because coaching, I still you're still a great coach. It's just your GM. You need to either hire a GM or you need to be better yourself at it. And 
That's, that is what it is. That, that you you have to you you gotta you gotta be better, the GM. All right. Well, I have one last thing. It doesn't have to go too in depth, but just one question: If we were to get the number one pick, Matt, would you draft Bryce Young or would you get best player available? Um, I would probably like, get which we know is going to be Will Anderson, edge rusher. I would probably get best player available because, like, at the end of the day, like, I I do believe in Bryce Young. I don't think that. I, I don't think that it's it's time for us to move off of Mac Jones. He was awful. It's only year two, and he really hasn't had like especially last year where he has. It's like a Baker Mayfield kind of situation, right? Where if they were even worse, would they have taken Herbert? Probably not, because they they, they still view him as that. They're trying. They're going to try to get best player available, get a stud on the roster, and I know Bryce Young is that. But at the end of the day, quarterback isn't the biggest need on this team. And having a guy like Will Anderson on the other side of Mac Judon would be kind of huge for us, I think. I think that'd be huge. Um, I think that'd be the superstar we're looking for on the defensive side of the ball, and then we'd have to target the offense. But obviously, it's not getting the we're not probably not going to get the number one overall pick. But you know, if if it were to happen, like that would that would be I think that would be the move. All right. What about you? you Would you go Bryce Young? I think that this is like a. I mean, having Will near Judon would be cool, but I, just, I see all these quarterbacks. I just know Mac's never going to be with them. I don't think Bryce will be like them either, but I see Bryce as maybe a slower version of Kyler and maybe a bit more clutch. Like, I think Bryce – I mean, again, Bryce was the more talented quarterback in college. He was the projected to start over Mac. Mac beat him out, but I don't know if it was because of senior year, seniority or something, but they said that Mac beat him out. But I watched Bryce Young play last year and this year, and – he looks way better than, than Mac. And I know I'm still going to give Mac credit because he did. I think his season is one of the greatest ever, even better than Burrow, just due to the fact that Mac had to do it during COVID year, meaning that Nick Saban couldn't get to play those trash teams that he loves to give himself every year. He had to face the entire SEC, and Mac went undefeated against it all. And he put up the same numbers as, Bur- as Burrow did and less weapons. I know everybody wants to say, oh, well, Bama has all these weapons. I mean, okay, yeah, he had Najee, which Najee was great, but Jalen Waddle was Miles better or Miles worse. No, no, yeah, but Jalen Waddle got hurt like after three weeks. It was just Devontae Smith and Mechie. And as much as we are fans of Mechie, we all had Mechie as what a third round grade. I know he went to second round, but we all kind of thought he was like a third to late second rounder to early third round pick for his draft class. So it was and in the tight end Billingsley he. He's not even good. Dude's not even. Dude didn't even get drafted. He wasn't even picked up. Like so, Max team was worse than what Tua and others have been given, and what Joe Burrow did. So what he did was pretty impressive, and that's why I'd like to see you to give him a chance. But I mean, if it's like we're the number one pick, and it's um like some of it you can't even blame on the coaching. It's just Max playing awful. I'd give. I'd consider Bryce Young. Okay. All right. Um... For this one, we are gonna have another one, which will be me and Sam, but that will be probably dropped. The following day. Yep. Yeah, so that'll do for this one. See ya, Matt. All right, peace out.